0: Before we start this podcast, the team at the Racing Line Pod would like to thank you for listening and supporting us. So that we can continue to grow as a podcast, we would love it if you could give us a rating and review on your podcast platform. This helps us to grow as a pod moving forward. Thanks for listening and we hope you enjoy this episode.
1: but now that we that we, you have like introduced that other stupid introduction two weeks ago I'm welcome super, welcome 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 I'm super self-conscious whenever I listen to the start of our like when whenever I'm replaying the pods over just to listen to it I'm super self-conscious that my our intros now are just like really
2: like meme
1: yeah really vanilla brilliant. yeah just super vanilla so I'm like well, uh,
2: well, well guess what you can just eat some concrete and harden up.
1: I, I'm hard enough Like I'm I'm not I don't need to get any harder I'm just saying That It just made me more self-conscious I was a bit more reflective But Let's leave that Let's leave Have that Such a wank sometimes Have you been doing the examine? No So, so no. now when
2: you listen to the start of this one You're going to hear yourself Talking I know, just cr- I know. I know I Good on you Good on but you But
1: Harry can edit it out Um no, well, it's I want you
2: to do. sound like an Like an imby. Anyway Let's start Let's, let's, start let's go. Of them
1: now Yeah uh, all right. Evening. Welcome. Guys.
2: Welcome. Welcome. <laughs> yeah,
1: welcome to, I think we made it to episode 40 now. We're getting closer to 39? Centuries.
0: 39 centuries. It could be 40. I think. I think. Yeah.
2: You know, what, Anthony, every week you ask the question, you know
0: what? Look it minutes, up before we start.
2: A Couple minutes. Wouldn't be hard. Just to, just, to, just, to, just to get it right. Just, you know, just get it right at least once.
1: 39. All right, one, one away from, from, the, from the...
2: Harry runs this beautiful podcast, this beautiful Facebook page. Just go maybe three posts down and you'll, and you'll see it. It's episode 39. It's all good, all good. We're going to restart it. You can just cut it from here, H, right? Negative. All right, it's not episode it takes too 39
1: long. of the Racing Line Podcast, guys. Um, a bit of Formula One to talk about this week and some supercars as well. Um, so let's dive straight into it. Joe, Harry, thanks for both jumping on um, and joining tonight. Um interesting the race this morning that took place in canada um kind of was spiced up really from qualifying because it was quite a quite a wet qualifying session we saw a few um i don't know cars out of place yeah a few cars out of place obviously fernando alonso finishing in second um leclerc took the grid penalty that we were aware of for the last couple of days which took him out of position as well um but it was a very interesting qualifying session um to begin with. And then obviously the race, oh uh, it's probably one of the better races we've had over the last, I don't know, two months, I would suggest. Um, so let's jump straight into it. H Yo. What, you, what, are, what will you take? Oh, actually, before we go there, we'll just quickly say if you haven't watched the race yet, uh, Max Verstappen did win, um, Carlos Sainz, uh, after about 15 laps from the end, um, uh, kind of on his rear gearbox was unable to, to make a move for the, for the lead with much newer ties finished in second and third place we saw a return to the rostrum for lewis hamilton um after a, a good race um a clean race to, you know kind of staying out of trouble and maximize as we've seen mercedes do you know multiple times this year maximize the the position of the car so h what do you make of what did you make of uh, of this morning's
0: race buddy yeah good I, I got up early watched it live um i okay. love this track i love this track that's why it's only four o'clock. It's only really an hour and a half before I usually wake up. So it wasn't too bad. No, four o'clock. Oh, okay. Um, yeah, look, good race. I think the uh, safety cars helped. Did you just try the to have strategy a flex course.
1: on how like, responsible you are as, a, as an adult, waking up at 5.30? Was that an adult flex? I don't think nothing so. nothing to do with the motorsport at all, yeah. but
2: yeah, let's keep going. <laughs> um Anthony's battery's running out age, we have to keep it on. Yeah, true, 49%. It's probably still on 49%. Um,
0: I guess the biggest thing, a couple of things that I took away from it, Mercedes seemed to be making massive improvements. Um, You know, Lewis and George were pretty competitive all weekend. McLaren, uh, the drivers are definitely closer to each other at the moment. I think Daniel's even been in better form the last couple of weeks. Mm. The car's a dog though, um, and I don't know these kind of tracks where power, like speed is important they, they're just going to struggle I think mm. for the rest of the season, worries me
2: for when we get to Spa, Monza, all those sorts of tracks. Um, it's, it's interesting why that mes- that um, Mercedes engine in that car is, um, seems to be so much worse than all the other Mercedes, or uh, especially the Mercedes team. But like they're losing, like how come? How can it be so bad specifically for that that team? Is there any word on that? They're running a lot of
0: arrow, from what I've read. Just
2: down to arrow.
0: Yeah, and from what I've gathered, and you know, I'm not an authority on this, but McLaren's tried to in the past. Last year, we we saw they were really good at tracks like Monza, Mm. um, really fast down the straights. But in the, I think it was the medium to slow corners, they were losing a lot of time. They've tried to. Correct that in a way, but they've built a car that's not fast anywhere. So they've um, overcorrected
2: the problem, but haven't stuck to it. They haven't worked on any of their strengths. Yeah.
0: So okay. the car doesn't seem to be strong anywhere at the moment. Um, you know, Lando was behind Albon for most of the race and made zero inroads on Albon. They same power
2: sh- unit. Same power they unit. Kind
0: of, they kind of shot themselves in the foot as well, but because
1: when Ricardo came in, he struggled to get like it's for a team like that. They're always going to for a car like that it's always going to struggle i think on a track that doesn't facilitate um super overtake i mean obviously the drs zone at the, on the back straight is huge so mm. realistically passing can happen there but if you're in like the midfield then there's like a drs train for the majority of the race um, and you're mclaren you kind of need to maximize um your output and they didn't really do that this week and they made a mistake with ricardo's pit stop um his tire you know took i think four or five seconds to come off and then that backed up norris and then norris's pitch stop i think was maybe 12 or 13 seconds because they didn't have the right tires ready for him afterwards so in a car that you know they seem to be okay if they've got people behind them they they seem to be able to defend pretty well um but when it comes to overtaking they they just struggle with that and they kind of shot themselves in the foot and for the majority of the race we saw ricardo sitting in 11th and he was just unable to to really get much higher than that after the
0: pit stop. What else Uh, is frustrating is they seem to be having these massive amounts of mechanical gremlins. Like, Ricardo had um, brake issues from halfway through the race where he had to cool the brakes. I think Lando had a few issues in quality. We saw that and had to run the old power unit in the race. hmm. Like, it's just... I don't understand what's going on there.
2: Um. It's probably just more disappointment to in on the season that started with so much optimism, really. Mm. Um, I mean, in some ways, I feel sorry for them, but in like a lot of ways, I mean, it's, for a team that 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 was talking up or building off so much momentum last mm. year and sort of talking up a bit of a big game before the season started, it's, I think it still shows how far off the pace and how much they still have to grow as a team, no matter all the good things we said about bringing inside all this whole wind tunnel coming along, all this kind of stuff. There's still a lot of room in that team for everyone to sort of grow and and perfect their craft if they want to actually make inroads into the big three.
1: Well, that is true, but at the same time, if this is their um, pit, essentially, then they can only get better than that. And they're still relatively competitive when everything goes their way. Um, There are definite um, shortcomings that they will need to overcome but if this is the basis from which they can only improve well, that it's not, I don't think it's, a, it's like a super dire situation they're obviously not one of the top three teams um, that's what, where they wanted to get right now but if by the end of the season they can at least uh, cement themselves in fourth and remain in fourth again like they did last year um, well then I kind of have a lot of faith that they'll be able to turn it around particularly when you've got People like Seidel and Keys, who, you know, granted there are mistakes with this car, um, mm. it's pretty obvious. Um, but I think they can rectify it. They've obviously got a recent history of rectifying much more die, a, a much more dire situation than they're in right now, um, which kind of gives me a little bit of a little bit of confidence.
0: Mm. Yeah, it's just it's it's like we understand the cars crap, but it's also the strategy calls on the day too. They just keep making these mistakes and it's like for a team as good a team as big as mclaren
2: they shouldn't be making simple mistakes mm. I find it interesting though as well that the car can actually be the best of the rest and then seven days later mm. depending on the track it can be um so stuck in like the midfield and the car that seems to struggle the most with overtaking it's like one of the it's like one of the weird like we we've had situations when the red bull was slow but good on like tight tracks like monaco and singapore yeah. but like i've never seen like the juxtaposition juxtaposition so much between a car that can be best of the rest one week and then totally different situations totally different tracks and it's it's literally a dog like it's well, it's, it's is, somewhat humorous
1: it is but like when you think about when they do well they're qualifying sixth and seventh yeah and they're able saying, to
2: they'll keep... clear yeah. they'll clear the chasing mm. pack easily like in that's terms right. of but time that's,
1: well that shows that their car's very dependent and that if it's in a midfield battle where there's cars in front of it, that it makes sense. Like they're struggling to overtake because they don't have the aero mm. um, output when they're sitting behind another car and they're unable to do anything with it. So in that regard, it makes sense. I think what we saw in qualifying was that the car isn't that great because obviously in the wet, um, you know, I would say that both Lando and um, – I didn't watch the qualifying actually. Did Lando have an issue? Because he got into Q2 but then didn't set a time. So I don't know if you can enlighten unit. me on that power unit issue. Well, that kind of blew up his chance. But even Ricardo, I think you would probably bank on him doing a little bit better than. Where did he qualify? Ninth. 10th, so ninth or tenth?
0: They they were quick in the wet. I think wet's obviously the great equaliser. Yeah. Um And then by Q three the track was dry and they were it was between slicks and inters. Yeah. Um, and they just didn't have the pace compared to the other cars in Q three. Yeah. Okay.
1: So. Um, yeah, so it's very interesting. Is I think it's very much dependent on how they perform in qualifying. If they have a good position, they can stay there. Mm. And they do a good job when they're kind of best of the rest. But I think when they have to chase and they have to kind of make moves, uh, it doesn't come as easily as, as it should. And I, mean, I think we saw it with Lando Norris as well. Like, he probably should have been better than the Williams and better than the Alpha and all that kind of stuff, like from historical recent historical standards, but he was just unable to get through. Mm. Um who were some of your what were some of your um like positive takeaways from, from the race in general?
2: I was really happy with um Carlos. I mean, like we we've sort of seen him on a bit of on, a, on an upward trend except for the um problem at Baku that wasn't really his fault but to sort of see that reinforced again and to see him really taking it to max and being able to push and look like a genuine race contender, which is what we, like race winner, which is what we haven't seen at all this year. To sort of see those flashes, I thought was really encouraging. I mean, r- realistically, the result didn't help Ferrari at all, but in, in terms of maybe just giving him um, a confidence boost and, and, and just reminding us exactly what, you know, what kind of talent and what kind of drive he is, I think it was really good. Um, I mean
1: It's so interesting how quickly that Red Bull Could get away from him at the start Of, right. that, of that restart, though yeah. I thought with the new tyres It'd at least be kind of Three laps where he was able to hound yeah. But then you also think About the nature of that track, it's very much Like straight, 90 degrees Come back, it's, like, it's very area dependent Like if you got a bit of wash um, it, the, like, uh, It's hard It's hard. Red, and it, I, yeah, sorry The Red Bull's just
0: so quick in a straight line
1: it's true. I think he probably needed DRS straight away uh, off the restart, like mm. that lap. Obviously, there's two laps before it kicks in, and then by then it was just it was tough. It was really tough. And Max, um, got,
2: and Max really maximised the sort of his jump, like the the power of of actually leading the field. Like mm. um, yeah, he did everything for, right. I, I think we forget yeah. how how important that is to sort of really maximise your jump and just give yourself a bit of space, because um, then the lunge is really can't come if you've just given yourself a car length and a half or something like that. Mm. Um, I mean, I mean Max pretty much did everything right this weekend as well. Super which is, professional. Which is the sign of a, of a champion. And I, we harp on about it so much, but every weekend it's recently it sort of just is highlighted how, you know, this is how you win championships. Um, and, yeah, like you think about it, Ferrari did everything right pretty much this weekend as well, even if... Um, Leclerc Even Leclerc, sort of he made one mistake field, trying um, to
1: overtake Ocon, but apart from that, like they maximised realistically, they maximised their weekend as well. Would you, would, you got a bit lucky. To,
2: would you have expected him to actually be able to take the um, Mercedes cars? Like I would have expected that probably at the start of the race.
0: I think that. I think. Sorry, H- I, think, I was just gonna say. I think the DRS train ruined him.
2: Yeah.
1: I think it kind of goes to show, like, we're talking about other drivers as well struggling to overtake, like the McLaren, for example, but it wasn't... With the exception of, the like, when you had that DRS advantage, just one, like, two cars Mm. fighting it out. In that regard, the DRS advantage was immense. But apart from that, like, it wasn't the easiest... um, it wasn't the easiest overtaking race. And we kind of expected that. It was just interesting that with the safety cars, it still kind of gave a bit of fire to the whole race. Like it was still an engaging race. So it wasn't um, boring. But I just wanted to touch on that whole DRS zone. So the case was made by Brundle, I think during the podca- uh, during the telecast where he said, you know, we kind of need to consider um, decreasing the size of these DRS zones because they're just like, it was so easy for cars to just, you know, pull up, pull out, and then overtake the the, um, the leading car on that back straight? And is it making it look too easy for these overtakes to take? It's like almost like we're getting no overtakes, but then when we do get an overtake, it's almost like a token overtake. There's no real skill involved. And if you looked at some of our most tenacious drivers, people like Hamilton, people like Alonso, when they were being overtaken at various points during the race, they didn't like didn't so much as you know turn their steering wheel one degree like it was almost like yeah we're resigned to this particular situation um but i think we're getting a situation where there's either no overtaking or this super dramatic overtaking which might as well not be an overtake if that makes sense how how do you guys feel about that
2: i've always thought that every track should number one have the same amount of drs zones and i always i think they should the drs zone should be instead of having it at the start of the straight, push it more towards the middle of the straight and make it into the braking zone. So you still get an advantage, but you have to really make your pass under braking because mm. it's, it even really just looks bad when like the straight is so long and the pass like is, is, is done with five, like 300 metres to the corner still, mm. like op- optically. But also if you push the um, the DRS zone a little bit further down the straight. Yeah, if you if, make a, if,
1: if you're defending if, and you make a really good exit, if, then you yeah, can even defend
2: bit yeah, So if if your car advantage is sort of acceleration of the corner, but you, you, you haven't got anything really to defend with, at least you can sort of defend with your your car's strength strength, the the other is going to get the advantage no matter what. Mm. So I think a bit of strategic placement on on zones, zones, like of I think that's been sort of of um, like we've seen this problem a little bit before. I don't know if you want to call it a problem because it's still overtaking. But, but it's I think not maybe, really. That's the thing. Like the point where yeah, make like is it, it, not definitely, really. It definitely feels um, artificial on a straight that long. Like even it at looks back like it, super, a little... it looks
1: like it looks like um, Mario. Not Mario. Yeah, Mario Kart. When yeah, you it's kind like, of just it's get Mario a...
2: boost. It's like a, it's like yeah. a rocket boost. Um, I mean, you know what? If they gave the cars in front banana skins, maybe it would even it up a bit. <laughs> what do you think about it, H?
1: I'm interested in actually people's opinions on this particular
0: uh, topic. Um, I think the uh, it did demonstrate how much quicker the Red Bull and the Ferrari are. But mm. if you if you look at some of the other passes, I don't remember. You, you might be able to correct me, but I don't remember any other cars making those kind of overtakes. It seems to be only the Ferrari and the and
2: the Red Bull. I think that's I saw Alpine do one pretty. Uh, Alpine well, do one pretty easy. And they're straight lines. Straight they're, line yeah. bullets as well.
0: That that car is a bullet in a straight line.
1: Yeah, the the issue that I think you have is, realistically, the majority of the midfield is actually pretty tight. Mm. Like, they've all got strengths and weaknesses at different circuits and different parts of tracks. So there's, like, the DRS zone... Sorry, the DRS train, I think, that we're getting this season because the midfield is so tight is a lot stronger than it in um, seasons gone by. So you don't necessarily see a lot of overtaking we didn't see a lot of overtaking from the midfield but when you had a car that was or two cars that had pulled away and they were able to kind of have their own little scrap or whether it was on different pit stop strategies or whatever it might have been when we had two isolated cars you know moving through that zone together that's when it looked most dramatic um otherwise everyone's just pulling open uh, together which is yeah i don't know i just felt like i was watching it saying that looks too easy then when Martin Brundle made the point, I said that I might... Oh, I think I, I might have thought kind of a similar thing as well. Brundle makes
0: um, that point in every, at every race.
1: Yeah, but I think it's a good point, to be honest with you, because if you're... if, Like, traditionally, it, most overtakes have to take place. Like, we, we, I don't know, we talk about it all the bloody time. But most overtakes have to take place or have to be finalised in a braking zone. Like, that's... You know, whether it's slipstreaming and then pulling out at the last second, like, it's, it's fairly... Um, known entity by this state but when you're kind of pulling out halfway down the straight and you've got enough time to literally get back on the ideal racing line with zero like impact to your trajectory or zero impact or disturbance when you're making your way into that corner gee it looks too easy particularly Mm. when the when, when the sport that we're talking about um is supposed to be the the best in the world and you know we've spoken many times about you know, pushed to pass and we fixed that one right? So if, we did. You know, we, we've, we've solved the problem, but you kind of see stuff like that. Um, and you just hope that the, how is that be kind of like, they talk about it being a spectacle um, and it is a show and like, that's what it should be. But then things like that don't propagate any real, um, any real excitement. For use of a better word
2: the thing as well um, is that it, like practically this just talking totally practically that straight is so long like it's it it's probably one of the longest in the season you get you would get you, you get a massive toe down that straight and a massive advantage as it is exactly like and like, people and th- work, sorry. And like we've seen over years like how like going down that straight and then pulling into the into the chicane slipstream he, without he's the a really, there you yeah, it's like a really daring move. You get down the bottom and like, you know, it's it's a bit of a gnarly sort of chicane wall of champions there as well. Mm. But when you have the DRS, it sort of mitigates any of that jeopardy into like that really cool stadium section there because it's all done and dusted for 300, 400 meters down the road. Mm. Um, and like, you don't really then create sort of those awesome highlights of a car being daring, like a Danny Ricardo sort of lick the stamp and send it kind of thing because mm. it's all done... Well, back. You know what I mean? Uh-huh. Yeah. Um, and I suppose we're sort of picking at straws a little bit, but just in terms of like the op- like the optics of the sport, you want it to be like a great experience for the fans there, but also for the eyeballs on the TV that probably bring in the most money for the sport. You want to also bring that excitement and you know just um, those wow moments into the sport a little bit more. Like every track, maybe think of a place where. This could be a well. So, so then, by bringing your DRS zone further up the straight, you're then having, a, even though you're using it still, you're artificially making the overtake. It's still happening in the section that also requires a bit more skill to navigate, mm. a little bit of sort of um, race craft and, you know, yeah. driver talent, knowledge, and daring.
0: Yeah. I agree. Um, I agree. I did want to bring up earlier in the season, everyone was writing off Danny Rick, Lewis. Seb, Carlos. Well, not so much Carlos, but he did have a crappy start to the season. I even mentioned Alonso,
2: I think, at the start, not looking yeah. as good as um, Ocon. Ocon.
0: What do we think? We're eight rounds in. All that was, that was six drivers we just named, and they're all currently performing quite well. What do we think about the, I don't know, agenda, I guess, against some of these drivers, or the the quickness of people to write people off? I, guess. I don't think I
1: don't know if there's an agenda. I think um, I think. Well, let's talk about Dr. to start. Mm-hmm. Um, you think, think the sample the last, size
2: is still too short for him yeah, to say know, like uh, he's turned the corner? Like I wouldn't. Yeah, I think that's, the that's corner, the point, but I think
1: that's the bit... point. That's the point. I think I think it's probably too early to say that he's out of a flunk. I mean, he did nothing like like last two races. He's kind of. <laughs> He's done nothing wrong. He's done well. He's done well because we obviously when he wasn't doing so, well, we were very quick to say he's done. Mm. He's done what he's supposed to do for the I never said he's races. done. Let's, let's classify okay. that. That was yeah, just okay. you. I've said that. I said that he was done. Uh, I think he's done what he's supposed to do at this stage. I don't think he's kind of taken that car anywhere further than it needs to be. I think Hamilton, again, up until this race, he didn't really have much to show for this season. Um. And you know he had a he had a solid race today. He had a solid race. He made no mistakes. It was pretty quick, uh, or pretty consistent throughout the whole race. So I'll give him credit for that. Um, Vettel, I think Vettel of the three of them has been probably the most. Like I think he's shown the most promise, but then he's also shown.
0: Um, like he's got momentum. a shittiest teammate too.
1: Yeah. Well, he's got. Yeah, that's true. But he's also. Yeah, I would love to see him actually in that team with someone who can actually pedal a race car Oscar he's
2: he's still getting points though like it's not like he's finishing 13th and he's like 18th he's actually getting points ever since the um the sort of new upgrade has come into that car he's he's actually made a step from looking subpar to at least performing at a level we think that him and the car together could reach Mm. that card yeah
0: that car definitely seems to be on an upward trajectory for sure yeah who was the other one? Alonso. Uh, Nando.
1: No, Nando. I, I have... Like, Nando can race to his 50. I've got no... Yes, no
0: <laughs> yeah, so, same here. Like, oh, there was someone else thing, I said.
1: Yeah. If there's one thing that I will never fault Alonso for, and we saw it in qualifying, man. If you give him a sniff of a chance, mm. like his car had no... Like, we knew in the race it was never going to stay up there. I would have loved to have seen, actually, um, a wet race because I think if that was a wet race and he was starting from second... Um, like, I reckon he would have either stuck it in the fence after hitting out Verstappen or he would have taken the lead. Um, but I I never have doubted that guy's tenacity. Um, like, realistically, he's an absolute beast. Oh.
2: Um, he's a real goat so of, of all, motorsport in general.
1: 100%. He is. He, and he and he kind of... Like, people are always like, when's he going to go? And we're kind of a bit like, we want him to go so that we can bring Oscar in. But then, I mean, I think...
2: I don't want him to, I don't want him to go so he can bring Oscar on I want him to go so we can see him do other stuff. Yeah. Like I, I really think, enjoyed those years he was away just seeing him do other cool things just to like show yeah. his talent in other stuff. Like, that's what I want to get him to go for.
1: Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. Um so no, to answer your question, I think the jury's like we need a little bit more of a sample size that's contrary to what we thought he's, in he's the a, early part of the season.
2: Here's a quick question um, for you guys though, being massive um Fernando Alonso fanboys. Um would you rather him stay in f1 and 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 show these glimpses of his like talents and former glory Mm. or would you rather see him in a lesser category in a more competitive category with a bigger chance of winning and then actually winning races in another in in another category
0: i'd love to see him full-time in indy i reckon it would be epic dude
2: i actually would love to see him in in full-time in indy
0: yeah.
1: I think I think I think if we saw him in Indy full time, like, um,
2: run away
0: with
1: it. Yeah, I really think he would, to be honest with you. Um, you reckon he'd run away with that, it? The fact that he's Quite yeah, good, I think
2: quick, he, young lads in Indy.
1: I, he, I think he's always he's,
2: proven against the Young yeah, lads,
1: yeah, he's like I think his track record against any teammate that he comes up against. Like, I think about this. Um, Marcus Ericsson had a very similar career to what Lando, uh, to what Lance Stroll is having now. Showed glimpses of brilliance, but just had some moments where you're like, what are you doing? And he's <laughs> making a very good name for himself in IndyCar right now. He's leading the championship. So if you were going to pit Marcus Ericsson against Alonso for a IndyCar championship, I would have to take Alonso. He nearly won the Indy 500 in his first attempt. Like through no fault of his own, the engine gave way. Yeah. Um, so i think the problem and there was a year him, after he didn't he,
2: even make the show
1: yeah it's true it's true but like <laughs> again you'd probably say that that was uh more car than him
2: yeah um, I'm, I'm just playing devil's advocate no, like, i agree yeah, I, I think what you're you know what i
1: think happened as well like he went to he went to endurance racing um and he kind of played played the team, the team game, game there but i think for him he's just he's a he's like he's not wired to be a team player and i don't think he should be um, but in, you know he's but, an alpha. But
2: in endurance racing, he never looked like the weakest link in the team.
1: No, but I think he realised, you know, I'm pretty bloody good at whatever I do. Yeah. And I think for him, F1 is still like if he wasn't good enough for F1 and he felt it, I think we might see him in another category. Yeah, hundred percent. But I think part of it is him being like, I'm actually still bloody good, and I'm better than a lot of these people that I'm racing
0: against. Yeah. Um, he's- so his cheek after getting that second position saying, I'm just going to take Max on that turn one. Like, <laughs> yeah, it's just ultimate still, Alonso.
1: He's still got the fire. Like, I think, yeah. I think, yeah. And people talk shit about him, like, being, oh, he always does Alonso things. Like, the guy's just a winner. The guy's a winner. He's not going to waste his time on rubbish. And I think when we see, like, events like races, like, he's had a few ordinary races this year, but for the most part, he's been... A, a bright light in this season I mean we kind of he came back and we were like oh is he still going to have it is he not going to have it he's been awesome um,
0: I love the guy
1: yeah yeah. I just wish he had a bloody competitive car to think that that was his first f- front row start in 10 years in F1 makes me just go like
0: yeah because he went hell? to McLaren
1: yeah no, but like what the hell like it's just such a waste of talent um, it's probably lucky for Hamilton that he bloody had made he's made bad choices in his career because if he was at a half-decent team, I think the whole story about Lewis Hamilton being the greatest of all time wouldn't even be a bloody... Yeah, 100%. I think,
0: yeah, he's the best driver to not win more championships. Hmm. But, you um,
1: know, I, I think also his champion... Like, the lack... The fact that he's only won two championships doesn't... Um, like, hasn't pulled away from his legacy. Like, all of us think Alonso, beast... Right. Yeah, I mean, like he's actually bulletproof. The only bullet, the only, the only chink in his armor are the cars that he drives. He's probably the only chink in his armor is his business decision making. Because apart yeah. from that, and I the think, cars that
2: I he I think drives. he's so supremely confident he thinks that he can drag any car to the front of the grid. Yeah, and like yeah. he makes these 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 rash decisions. A, or well, he left McLaren probably in the in the peak of their prime because yeah. of of team. What is it called? Politics. Yeah, went to Ferrari, which is, which he, he should have won at least one championship at Ferrari because he was always yeah. there or thereabouts, and that could be him and Ferrari not being the most stable of, of like <laughs> teams. Like the driver always has to make the difference. Mm. Um, and then but yeah, think, going to McLaren think, was was a bit of a.
1: Do you think part of catharsis. it might be? Do you think part of the thought process like might be, this whole idea of if you want to be the like, before that before before schumacher if you wanted to be the best driver you drove for the best team so if you were center and you were racing for lotus and you were winning races that wasn't enough you had to race for mclaren because they were the best team and then if you're prost you had to get to williams because that was the best team and if you're center you had to get to williams because prost was beating you and he was in the best team and then schumacher comes along he wins two championships in a team that's good but not great and he, oh, they than signing, were pretty good. They were good. They were yeah, good, but, but they they're not great. Ferrari. No, they, but no, exactly. Yeah, but, the Ferrari fans, it, Ferrari but Ferrari went Ferrari before Schumacher went there. I, they hadn't won in like 40, 50 years, and they had some pretty ordinary seasons. Schumacher goes there, and it's didn't not... Didn't Prost win
0: one with Ferrari?
2: No. No? No. no. I think Prost um, won with Williams and... Prost. And, um,
1: like, if you think McLaren. about the names that, that didn't win at Ferrari, Mansell, Mansell. Prost, uh, Alacy the list goes on at Berger like there's some big names that didn't win Um, and then Schumacher goes there and his legacy is built not just on the fact that he won with Ferrari but the fact that he took a team that was could have been sixth in the championship the year before he went there and grinded for five years Mm. like he grinded for five years to get a result and I think that if you're thinking about legacy which some of these superstars are I think to be the best I've got to be better than Schumacher which means I've got to step out and build up a team. And I don't know if Alonso would have been thinking that or if that's part of anyone's thought process, Um, but it might be. Mm. And no one's done it since. Um,
2: No one's built built a team from that far back to be the juggernaut that it was. Lewis. Lewis didn't build that.
0: Merck weren't that great before. I'm not saying he built it, but he, I think he elevated them to the next the level. Second,
2: the second Lewis mm. got into a Merck, they were the best car because their second driver was still the second season. best car.
0: Yeah, 2013, they weren't great, but yeah.
2: Anyway, I'm not here to divulge Lewis because I, I, <laughs> I feel like we all pile on him too much. All right. Um,
0: um, rumors, Oscar to Williams next week. What do we think?
2: I think it's going to happen.
0: Do you? Next week. I think Apparently so. before Silverstone, mate
2: when, Maybe when, before when, Silverstone What's next week? What race is next week? Silverstone when, Yeah In a fortnight Yeah When, yeah. when Lance Stroll yeah. Is getting points At his home race And And Prince Nick Is still last Of the finishing cars Go Teefy Which is and and, and and The thing is I hate saying it Because doesn't. Did,
1: I, didn't, I didn't notice But where did Albon finish up
0: This week?
2: 13th Yeah, in front of Lando
0: Oh, really? Okay, yeah, yeah well, that looks so like bad. So, so, 13th to 20th. So
2: Albin's still dicing it up with sort of midfieldy cars, and he's always mm-hmm. at the.
1: He's rustling it.
2: Yeah, like he's. he's 100%. He's, he's doing enough to make. It, he's definitely doing enough to show that there's a bit more in that car.
1: Yeah. Well, he's pushing it a bit further than, than it probably should, should be.
2: Quali- he's, he's qualifying better.
0: He's got Always. the Russell hustle going. He was. Oh, my God. And, and, and we're, he not, was... we're not
2: pretending that he's, he's, he's Russell, but we're also acknowledging that he's still a, 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 one of the yeah. good young talents of the sport. Yeah. yeah. And and we're not asking Latifi to be ahead of but him. He's got to be more. He's got to be a bit closer, be Maybe more. beat a Haas. You know, just mm. just beat a running car oh, Mick, over a full jigsaw. Eh? I heard an interesting rumor about him this week, actually.
0: He's been yeah, apparently
2: he might not be finishing the season geo is yeah apparently Geo might be coming to fill up his seat no way that's the rumor on the street mate
1: that's a rumor man there's no way that's going to happen a
2: silly yeah. season
1: he was sixth before the engine gave way you can't like you can't blame him for that yeah, yeah. this rumor came this out
2: before, was before this weekend that. this was yeah. before that yeah yeah well
1: d- if you want Gio, like I like geo but
2: he'll I, feel like geo has, I feel like as well I feel like Gio has shown had enough time For us to to just let him be for a bit. Mm. But um, yeah, I thought Mick was actually relatively good this weekend. I felt sorry for him. I felt like the the Ferrari power unit that's been having a few problems, probably he had the short end of the straw again. Mm. Um, And it's not good when you've had a few bad results for then you to be on course for a good one. And by the time this season wraps up, you're not going to have any points or Mm. it's not going to have helped him at all really. And that car's got enough for points.
1: I think he's shown, like, it might not seem like it based on his race results, but I think he's shown this year more than he did last year with less to show for it. He's shown more in race with less results, whatever you want to call it, to show for it.
2: Well, last year, his his highs were beating Mazepin. Like, that was the the highest he could get. Mm. So, like, this year, he's actually able to race around other cars, Mm. And and have a proper battle, which probably also brings a bit more pressure to situations, and maybe a bit more nerves, and you know, just the stakes are raised higher, so probably more mistakes mm. will happen. But I do agree with you. I think we've definitely seen that he can d- dice it up with the midfield, and you know, get get like actually do the job. Mm.
1: Um, like I mean, we saw, we just spoke about a um, lot. Like, like we say that the rain is the great equalizer. Well, he finished sixth in in, in a wet qualifying session yeah um that's hardly anything to you know laugh about um the car did well in the rain because yeah, k mag I mean, was fifth. i was gonna say in saying that k mag was fifth so it mm. wasn't like he under like he underperformed the thing the thing will be like f1 it's it's a pretty cutthroat business and if he doesn't get the like if he has enough time and doesn't get the job done well you know he won't be there for you know in three years' time, let's well, say. I don't
2: think he's had enough time first and foremost. And mm. I and like, and last year, I'm not counting that as really any proper. Oh, I suppose you can't say that because George still made the most time. out of that time, yeah, but still, like last year was go out, finish 19th and 20th, and then mm. see who like who crashes. Whereas mm. this year, it's that the, the team as a whole is running at a much higher level, and mm. I do think that he's. Although K-Mag, I'd say, is probably outperforming him. And I'm a little bit surprised with that. Um, I'm not really. No,
1: me either. Before that... Before that... Before they unraveled, like, he was doing really well.
2: Yeah, but K-Mag's come from a... a, Like, on like a three-week sort of... um, Time frame before the season started. And has... Hit the ground running, finishing the points first race, and we've like, and, and he was not even physically fit to race the F1 car at that time. Mm-hmm. Um, but still, like, I'm from from mixed perspective. I think he's definitely showing enough this year to have another year. And I would also probably like to see him in a um, Alfa Romeo in a car that actually has, you know, proper top ten. Performance in it, like consistently most weekends, to see if he sinks or if he floats. Because I think when you get get him into a car like that, you will learn, we'll see very quickly if he's the real deal, or he can be somewhat of a real deal, or if he's sort of being propped up by his family legacy, you know, the um, and 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 Schumacher name and name, and then also cars. Because once he gets into a car that the um the Alfa Romeo seems to be performing at a level of there's going to be nowhere for him to hide mm-hmm. that's, that's my that's my point
1: mm. um, why don't we move on from that um, t- 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 what was anything else to talk about for if or are we're jumping into supercars now
2: I'm ready to jump
1: let's jump um, Hidden Valley this weekend um, interest like if you're a, a fan of like competition and bringing the championship closer together, I think it was a great weekend for supercars um to see a few different winners. We pretty much saw a race win from all the teams that you know were chasing triple eight um which was great to see um with will Davidson won the race on the saturday no, um Anton. waters sorry yeah um Anton won the race on the Saturday after will Davidson got the fastest lap I think ever recorded at hidden valley um waters. Uh, won the race on the Sunday after qualifying on pole and then mossed it. I don't want to say out of nowhere, but kind of out of nowhere. Um,
2: Very unexpectedly.
1: Yeah. like
2: Pulled uh, off, would, a minu- would you pull say, off a miracle.
1: Say, would you say fortuitously?
2: I wouldn't say fortuitously because the there was definitely a method to the plan. Yeah, they pitted like, him good, super early, didn't I they? And I feel like the plan, then the rug was pulled out from underneath him and to get a podium in those in that situation, I would have thought would have been a tall Tough. order. Yeah. And um
1: were you worried when the safety car came out?
2: Man, you don't know you you would not have wanted to see me when the safety car came out.
1: Mm.
2: I think Tara thought someone died because I jumped <laughs> up and I was swearing so much, and she's like, "What's happened? What's happened?" And I'm like, "You, I, I, I couldn't, even, I, I couldn't even talk to her." And then, um, honestly, I was waiting. I was honestly just waiting for him to get. Past and then for the train to sort of just slip past him, because so that's mm. what usually happens. Like one to one gets past, it's usually a four. Um, but I think we'll, we'll start. We won't start there, but, but yeah, great race, honestly. The great weekend. The last, the, the, Dar, the um, the what is it? The Darwin Triple Crown mm. has become probably one of the best in terms of entertainment mm. weekends of the year, mm. and it's not just about the supercars. It's the whole sort of the lineup of categories that they put there. It is three. Three days of like nonstop great racing from all the categories, and there's like no real weak categories there. You've got the supercars there, they had uh, S5000 there, uh, Carrera, Carrera Cup, Cup. they had the super Australian superbikes, super which I think also brings a bit of different flavor to it as well, which is awesome. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, great, it's a, it's a great track, with a great layout, lots of overtaking, and also the, the, the heat of the um, top end always lends to really interesting um, tire strategy, which usually has massive implications of the race. And that's what we saw. Well,
1: it's interesting because like we talk about, like, I think for me personally, whenever I think of Darwin and whenever I think of Townsville, I know they're going to be really good races where there's high tire deck, where there's a lot of chances for overtaking. And like right now we've got, we've just had Darwin and we've got Townville, Townsville for the next supercars round. And it's just like, I just get really excited for those two tracks in particular uh, obviously you've got Bathurst which is amazing because of spectacle and it's, you know, it's just a fantastic track but if you're thinking about like regional tracks that put on a fantastic show I think those two would have to be up there as, as two of the best um, where did you want to start but Joe
2: I wanted to mention the return of DJR really like they've they've been on an on a upward trend over the last probably two or three weekends but I th- this weekend they were by far both cars together the best team on the um on the grid and to to really only bring home one p1 in yep. the race i thought was i mean they they still finished well but yep. i i really think that that was a um i missed opportunity for them i mean will Davison h- had polled twice and couldn't convert off the line either time mm. anton showed I think why he is the number one driver in that team. But sorry, also. Before, so
1: sorry, just before you go on, um, yeah. the point about um, Davidson being on pole, like obviously they were saying that the pole line, because the pole position is offline, it's a bit dirtier side of the track, there's less grip there. Yeah. Um, but at the same time, we saw Cam Waters. I mean, he's had lightning starts all year, but he was able to convert off the pole um, for his race win. So that kind of just sh- kind of blew up a little bit in. um. In yeah, but even even in the way.
2: last race, I think Anton had bowl and he still got to the to turn one first as well. So mm-hmm. yeah, I think I think as a team, they they scored high points, which is massive, and they and they leave um Darwin as the, the um number one in the teams championship, which is like, you know, is a is a good feat. But yeah, I would've I would have I would I would think they would have been disappointed with the probably lack of um, dominance overall wins for the weekend mm. um, but but by far they w- did look like the best team. Um, both cars had great quality pace I think they had two front row lockouts, which is um, like really strong. Um, and then I think waters really showed sort of the m- the momentum that he's been building over the last couple of weekends When he was super critical of Tickford mm. over the um, early rounds of the season. They've definitely turned the corner. I believe well, even, that now because even see, Jake to yeah, say the, that. He, he actually looked and Co- um, really Courtney competent.
1: Probably, Courtney probably could have been top ten or three races, but he, he got, just
2: he got stuck in got some Got mangled every situation. race, like
1: every like that car was bent literally every time that. I don't know why they fixed it the
2: between race two and race three. I what can't believe mean? they sent it out with the bent <laughs> <it> bonnet and everything. <laughs>
1: I think they ran out of bits, but like it just had yeah. like they just ran out of bits. He had a crash um, on the on the on the. On the Thursday, Friday, on the night, Friday, yeah,
2: Friday afternoon, and then on the Saturday he had a big crash, and then on the Sunday he had another big crash. I that mean, crash
1: where he came across when he came across and back, he came across the last corner. That
2: could have been so much worse.
1: When he took Pi out, he took Randall out as well. Um, there like, was like three or four cars. Yeah, it was just chaos.
2: I was getting James Courtney Philip Island vibes when I watched that back eight hey? because I thought, man, he's lucky. That's wow. not as bad as it was last. I Remember when he had that. Massive crash in the HRT And he was out for like three rounds mm. Yeah, massive, mm. massive crash But yeah I feel like Tickford definitely showed It was actually a very interesting weekend Because Tickford sort of showed That they were on an upward trajectory um, well, he screwed up racing. the first?
1: He, what is probably He screwed up the first um, Qualifying session
2: Yeah, I'm talking about um, like in a weekend I'm just saying like yeah, In an overall yeah. weekend I would say they're, 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 they're moving forwards Yeah Yeah um, Then I would say, obviously, Dick Johnson racing, massive step forward. Mm. We'll see next weekend if it's track dependent. Mm. Um, But, uh, yeah, they definitely looked like the goods. Triple eight looked there and thereabouts again. Like, yeah, Shane had that sort of unfortunate incident with Davidson in the last, what, eight laps of the race 18. But he was there, came second in the first race. I think it was, what, third in third in the second race or something like that. Yeah,
1: he's was on the podium twice. Yeah,
2: so... Yeah. we well, can't really complain about that. Little mistake in race 18. And then... Walk and draw. We're I was going to bring that up. We're having rookie hour this weekend.
0: Yeah, what happened with the disqualification? Can you, can you break... I right. didn't so read it.
2: So what's happened with Walk and draw is someone's put a, a, a portable fan into a the... A blower. Yeah. Oh, the, I did read this. Yeah, To yep. the engine duct, which is illegal after the after the warm up lap. Does the punishment though fit the crime? This is this is sort of what they're um, taking to the stewards now.
0: Can can I ask? Because we see it in Formula One. Why can't you do it in supercars? Just
2: to- because it blow. The the reason they've given, and it, it makes sense, is if you if they allow it. Teams are going to bring fan, like big fan units onto the grid, mm. to um, which blows out team costs. Number one, which is what they're trying to limit, but also they're trying to limit the um, traffic on the grid, um, and um, I think it's to do with traffic on the grid before the race, and 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 costs. Like they're the two also biggest. Also, just clearing
1: ones. the grid, right? That's a huge. Yeah, and thing.
2: like keeping the grid like clear as well. Yeah. Um, so I didn't actually know this. About this at all, to be honest, because I've never really seen it before. Um, rookie mistake. It's a penalty. Fair enough. Is it deserving of a race disqualification? This is, I think, the biggest now sort of question involved in it. Because you would, you would think there, there, there are incidents in a race that are definitely a, like sort of a bigger problem. IE taking someone out in a race and then you get like a 15 second, uh, time penalty slapped onto the end of your race. Right. Mm. But then to to stick, to stick a, uh, blower into your sort of ducting, uh, yeah. is that really a race disqualification sort of worthy? Well, I think, penalty? I'm like,
1: pretty sure that if they were to make a change to the car after like the park fermé conditions, uh, in effect, the same ban would be in place. Um, now, listen. The reality is, it was a bloody hot day. Some guy probably just had a, you know, a rookie moment and just yeah. they made a mistake. But um, I, I think if it's consistent, if it's in the um, if it's in the rule book and it's consistently policed, well, then everybody should know. And I think everybody does know. I think everyone does know. We've never seen anyone, anyone else do did it, it. <laughs> And like, there's been a hell of a lot of hot races over the. It's in Australia. It's not like a hot. Thirty-degree days, like mm. uh, like a, a non-regular occurrence in Australia, um, and I think it's probably just to clear him down on it. Like he probably was made, it was probably made a little bit like a scapegoat, scapegoat yeah. for that for that reason. So I don't listen. I think it's stupid. I think from the team's point of view, they probably just have to it's swallow a, it,
2: it's a, and take it's their a, medicine. It's a stupid um, mistake. Like it is. But like...
1: I tell you what, it's annoying. It would be annoying because that's some serious points as well. That he mm. like if he were to take. Give him those eighty round points. points back. Eighty points, particularly when you consider how ordinary Ben Gisbergen finished in race three. that's yeah. some that's some big points for the championship. Well, I'm pretty sure have...
2: I'm pre- I'm pretty sure Chaz is like four hundred and sixty points back from Giza. Mm. Um, over the last sort of two weekends, they've had shockers. Mm. Can, um, can I can
0: I ask? When, yeah. when we when we started the season, obviously we said WAU would be yeah. cha- challenging Triple Eight. Yep. It, Seems like it's a one-man show at the moment. This, um, was,
1: the, this was the point that I was... The only thing I wanted to talk about for Supercars today. And that
0: Percat. Percat. Yeah. doesn't seem to be anywhere near the same pace as Chaz. No. Well,
2: Percat this weekend was actually much better than he's been as of the rest, the season before this. And this was the first weekend that he's... That the sort of new ch- team change structure has come into effect because effectively what they've done is they've now put Grant McPherson directly on Nick Burkett's car, which I think is smart because why bring in someone who's had so much experience controlling a triple eight car for so long and then just put him in the background and not utilize him on a race weekend. Mm. And then also like, I I keep forgetting this guy is even in the team. Carl Foe came to the team, I think it was like six or seven years ago from British um, touring cars um, leading the Subaru outfit there. to I think back-to-back championships and since he's been at Walkinshaw, I have never seen him before until this weekend. So he's sort of taken um, team management of the um, weekend role and they've put Grant McPherson straight as engineer on Nick Perkett's car. And we, and we definitely saw a lot more race pace from, from the number two side of the garage having Mm -hmm. said that realistically he needs to find a lot more there's no no hiding it we're going to go to townsville next which is definitely a a happy hunting ground for walkinshaw Mm -hmm. so i would expect them to roll out with a um like a a setup that is more conducive to sort of being a good race car out of the gate um
1: is nick on a a two-year contract yeah so from realistically from his point of view is Part of it that might just be, I've been driving the BJR for so long, it's going to take me a bit of time to get used to the Andretti car because it's essentially a
2: totally a different, different car, car
1: regardless of the skin.
2: Well, ironically, um, is there a part of, Heimgarten is there, has gone well, yeah, straight exactly. into his old yeah. car and been yeah, awesome. It's true. It's and true. Nick's gone into Ford's car and been yeah. shit. Like they, the cars haven't actually well, changed the positioning on the grid at all.
1: Yeah, it's true. He's kind of doing the same thing that Ford was doing. But So this this becomes the next question then. The same way that, um, Mostert was pulling results for Tickford that the car probably didn't deserve. Are we giving Walkinshaw too much credit for Chaz's talent?
2: No, I don't think so. But what I do think happened is that when 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 um, Mostert was there forward, all the like it was a very like all the talent was on the Mostert side of the garage, mm. and then now that Nick's come in it's probably taken them half a year to realize they actually have to put some talent onto the other side of the garage to sort of get, um, if allow him to all. put his best foot forward. Mm. You know what I mean? Cause when you think about how like Mostert comes in, brings his own crew chief yeah. to make all the terminology and, 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 and get that relationship, keep it consistent. Mm. You bring in Nick who hasn't been at walk and draw for a good part of six years, different car, um, they like there's literally no shit, like there's no relationship at all between BJR and Walkenjaw mm-hmm. Having said that, I would have still expected him to to be closer, be be much closer. At least
1: the to- I would expect, like
0: he, he should at least Dude, top be tens. top tens, yeah. at least 15. top ten. And,
2: top, like- and that's that's
0: that's the difference I'm noticing. He's always eleventh, twelfth, fifteenth.
2: He's he called, he's been qualifying trash. Being that good. I feel like this was the first weekend and I was watching him intently the first weekend where during the race he hasn't actually been easily overtaken by cars. But well, we've got to see if that's track sort of specific as well. The
1: other issue that because of his qualifying woes, he's always in scraps. When you're that far he's down, always the field, you're always in scraps. So he's having sleep. sort
2: of tender Courtney walk yeah, control he's problems. Hardly,
1: he's hardly had a chance really to even stretch his legs at this stage. And I think... We were both very excited about the hire. I think, like I'm not gonna. Dude, I was make, at this I'm idea. not gonna make any. Like I'm not making any claims cause I think that there's definitely a lot of talent there still, but hopefully this change in structure allows them to extract a little bit more um, from from him and from his side of the garage. Because realistically, if they're able to get him singing by the end of the year, when everyone moves into the Gen Three car, if he's in at least in the, a good like emotional spot well, that's the best that, you know, Walkinshaw can, can take from, from this. And it's it's a, good, it's a good thing for them moving into Gen 3. But right now, you know, it would probably be safe to assume that his confidence would be
0: pretty shot as well. well, um, well just, yeah, sorry.
2: Uh, he's been disappointing. Like, the, that's the only word you can use for it. He's been very disappointing, actually. Not even disappointing. Moving um, forward
0: for WAU if yeah. they want if they want to challenge triple eight etc next year considering they're going to ford and he doesn't pick up his game now that you're saying the structures are in place for him to perform yes. do they get rid of him even though he
2: he'll only have next year really to prove himself the not thing are uh, no yeah but like he's, next year is his races. Like, yeah but i'm saying like next he's not going to yeah. get dropped mid season no, I know. No, no I mean, like but for like, the rest of the year, if they say if I, they don't I see an improvement, will they go? We need to make I, a change. They probably they definitely will. But I do think still he is the the best situation they could have put in that car. And if he's struggling, I honestly believe that I don't think anyone else coming to that team, bar Jamie Wincup and Shane Van Gisbergen, and maybe D. Pasquale, who also had struggles when he went to um Dick Johnson, could. Would not be having these problems as well. What I really about, think it's a it's a, a mix of the driver and and, and the, that side of the team just not being up to scratch.
1: What about um, some of the young talent that's that's kind of starting to um, cement itself? Like people. How like young Will are we Brown talking? Or, young. Will Brown or Brody Kostecki? I think, like they, and, think
2: I think they are not. They're, they're not young talent anymore. I think they're they're players.
1: Yeah, I mean that's what I mean. Like if I'm if I'm WAU. Yeah.
2: Uh,
1: if I'm WAU, I just dropped my phone. If I'm WAU and I've I've got someone like Percat who's thirty years old, there was a lot of expectation on him um, coming into the season that hasn't materialized. Um, and I get six race like six races into the season next year, and there's really no change. I'm gonna start looking at people like that because, um, I mean, obviously, there's definite fluctuations in in the performances of those young drivers at Erebus. But on their day, they're still extracting, you know, some pretty great results from the car. Um, and, you know, taking into consideration that Mostert is probably extracting or overperforming a little bit, I think that there might be a chance for one of those two drivers to kind of overdrive the car as well to a, to a more effective position. that um, just makes it, t- I think the point I'm trying to make is that it makes it tough for someone like Percat to, uh, for the team to be patient when there's definite young talent that could be um hired um to do the same job he's doing because if they if, if they're performing at his level then there's no loss so the only thing they can do is kind of get up the grid further
2: um, Yeah, I, st- I still think i still think he's like i'm not ready to write him off yet at all hmm. yeah, um I, I agree and, with and, and the other thing is well the, the all the tracks that we know he can perform well at we haven't even got there yet the one track i think that he he usually performs well at, i think was that, that he Easton didn't Creek was, and he got Easton there because he was there, and on, on his first weekend. So, I mean, there's I think there's still a lot of time and racing, and if he can put in a good performance at Bathurst, which is we know he is good at Bathurst, yeah. and a, and a good performance at Clipsal, which is what's going to end the season, or mm. Adelaide, and just g- get him some momentum for the start of next year when everyone's in new cars. I've no doubt he's he's going to perform, and if he doesn't, then he doesn't deserve to be there. But realistically if you watch he is for the seasons leading up to this he has always been a class act and i don't yep. expect that to sort of have just diminished because he's changed teams yeah um i agree i mean who else i mean hey, G, did you presa- have a question oh yeah sorry hey, yeah, she i saw that yeah
0: oh yeah it's just um we were talking about young up-and-coming talent and we saw joey mawson won s5000 again second year mm. in a row yeah is, is you guys know more about the supercar scene than me is there a reason why supercar teams aren't looking at someone like Joey to come in he doesn't have enough money and is that is that purely
1: it I think so I think like you look at someone like we spoke to um, James Golding yep um, who kind of uh, probably could be he's probably got the James Golding's probably got the talent to be in supercars when you think of some of the people that are, are racing in this sport and he obviously doesn't have the funding for it now, this guy's come in into S5000 um, and is, like this year, he didn't even look like he was going to win the championship. He started the season so poorly. It's not a long season. Joey. So to, yeah, so for him to pull it around, uh, turn it around, it's pretty impressive. Um, so if there's conversations about Golding being worthy of, of being in a the seat, then I think that Mawson has to be considered. The, the issue,
2: I, I suppose as well the differences between Golding and Mawson is we've seen Golding in a supercar whereas we've, we've never seen Mawson perform well in a tin top like even he said he struggled with the Carrera Cups.
1: He was awesome at Bathurst he was actually really good the, at
2: Bathurst I suppose yeah, in the Audi he was very good, yeah sorry the other, I forgot about
1: yeah. that. I mean we, the other thing we talk about the S5000 liker to tin top but through the conversation with, with uh, Golding the way and that Hearn. the car is driven, and Hearn, it's very similar to a supercar. Yeah.
2: Um,
1: and I think that he's probably just got—he's—he's he's just a talented guy. I would love—I would love for him to have a chance to go yeah. into Super Two with someone who's got money to back him, as opposed to him trying to have to scrounge for something. Um, I would love just for him to have the chance to go into Super Two and actually cut his teeth and see what he's made of, because I think that would be awesome. Uh, even like a team like Tickford, Tickford. Has got um, James Courtney, who probably doesn't have many years left in him. I would love for them to take a chance on someone like Mawson, put him in the Super 2 car um, with Zach Best, um, and, and see kind of where he, where, where he sits because I think he's too good for that field. And I do think you, also, do you he's think too now, good that he's one,
2: now that he's won two S5000 titles here? Yeah. He is. Yeah. He now has, um, probably, added more sort of gravitas to his name if he was to chase a um, like a second driver's seat, in, yeah, in a think, supercar. I think so.
1: I really because, do. I, th- like, I think the we, other thing, like, there's people in. When you think about the Super Two field, there's people in Super Two that have done less that are doing well in Super Two. Um, do you think he returns
0: to S five thousand after winning two on the trot?
1: Uh, yeah, well, if he's got no other options, I think he will
0: because
2: hmm. he
1: will keep racing.
2: I wouldn't be surprised if think. next year he had a he had a reserve driver seat in supercars, though.
1: I don't know. I think they might be a little bit hesitant to do that, just purely based on the fact that um,
2: we've seen a few He hasn't got any happened.
1: supercars experience.
2: Yeah, but Rishi Stanaway didn't have any supercars experience.
1: Yeah, he did. He raced. He won his for only round in Super 2 at Eastern Creek with the Tickford car. And then jump straight into the stand-down event.
0: Yeah. Um, it's pretty frustrating um, when you've got someone like that who's proven. I
2: that suppose the can't other get a is, seat. the other the other thing as well with supercars that realistically there is there is two there's not enough seats for the for the talent that there is already. Mm-hmm. So then you have a lot of backed up talent that is then in the reserve driver seats. Mm-hmm. So and and then you have like the whole question of like you've got there are drivers who drive in res- like sort of the reserve role who haven't raced in supercars for nearly a decade, but they're drivers like Dean Fury, and Kanto, um, um, Alberto. Alberto, like these guys, mm. um, they haven't raced in like a competitive supercars race for a minute, but every time they step in, they do the job to the T. And I think it's for a team that is going, going to Bathurst, and having a reserve driver who just doesn't make mistakes, like Warren Luff, as well. Mm. There's the, taking the gamble on a young up-and-comer, or taking the guy that the team has built a relationship over, say, five years, yeah. and 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 they know the car, they know the team, they know the they know the the functions, and for three weekends a year, they're an ultimate professional and fit in like a glove. Mm. There is sort of that that sort of weighing up of do we do we take a risk? when we don't really need the driver in itself to take a risk, you just got to keep the car straight, keep us in good track position. And in the last 10 laps, we'll see how it shakes out kind of thing. Mm. Like it's, it's a big gamble and a, and a lot of um, it's a big gamble for, for a team that's sort of trying to make the best of a massive race. Mm. So I I can understand as well that the hesitancy of, of, of sort of the midfield teams sort of taking in on a, a non-experienced driver at all. So you know, I can understand it, but also having won it twice, I would I would definitely like to see what he's got to show. Do you well, know
1: what to, sorry, H. I was just um, going to say, he beat Randall, didn't he? So uh, Randall's he beat in Randall, He beat Randall. He's beaten Golding twice. He raced against Cameron this year, not for the whole season, but the races he's done, he's beaten Aaron Cameron and we consider him a talent. He's beaten Nathan Hearn. And we consider him a great young talent. So a lot of the people that he's beating kind of at the top of whatever category that other category that they're racing and they're racing mm. together in s5000 and i think the randall example is is perfect a perfect good one because we saw someone who really had no options came back to australia at the start of this that series um and kind of get into supercars through that route um so i'm hoping that with you know two championships back to back he's beaten some good names he's beaten some of the best names like, it's not a stacked, it's not a big field, but it's definitely got a lot of talent at the pointy end of it. So for him to to for him to beat those drivers twice in a row is pretty impressive. Uh, and I just hope someone gives him, I really hope Tickford gives him the chance, to be honest with you. Not straight away in a Super Cup, just chuck him in Super 2, give him a year. If he sinks, he sinks. But if he swims, um, then, the, think, then the money will come.
2: I think a team like Grove would be like the perfect place for him to go in terms of... Getting a, but uh, having said that, the Grove has got their little academy thing going EVM as well. Thing, yeah. Same as um, same as, uh, Boost Mobile Racing, mm. but um, having won the se- season twice now, I definitely think it it it's it's it shows that it's more than just. I not w- I don't want to say fluke or luck, but it shows like a consistent pattern that he is the best in that category. Yeah. Mm. Um, and I I honestly do think he'll get a chance. It's just like it is. It is a big juggle for these for the big teams, I suppose, to take a punt. I mean, put in, even just put, like if you could get a ride in, a. Um, it doesn't take much if you're in a midfield to back of the field car if you show like a, a glimpse. Like that's how Andre Heimgaard kept his, um, his supercars career mm. alive, I think, at, was it yeah. um, Lucas Dumbledore Racing and in Carrera Cup?
1: Yeah, he went to Carrera Cup and had a great race at, Pretty sure it was Gold Coast. Was it maybe Bathurst? I think it was Bathurst.
2: Um, I think it was in a reserve role.
1: The only other thing that I think about when I think of Joey Mawson, where he might have a bit of luck. So he's obviously got the um, Tasman Cup to come with the S five thousands. But you think of someone like Zach Best, who's been at Tickford for I think four years now. This is might be his fourth year in Super Two. He's obviously doing a few um, wildcard rounds this year as well. Someone like that he's probably going to be pushing for a supercar seat next year. Whether he's got what it takes to get there, whether he's got the backing to another year in super two, I don't know the specifics of it, but four years is probably the length of more time. Enough. Be in, is more than enough to be at, you know, at, at a super two team to move into the main game. So it, hypothetically if that seat was to open up next year. Um, I think that would be a, a pretty wise move for a team like that to make and you've really got nothing to lose like Tickfitter always managed to find sponsorship even if there's a driver that isn't bringing in much like you see that with Randall see it with really most of their most of their cars like they um, find the sponsorship for the drivers Um, so I'd really like to see something like that happen for him I think he's definitely shown enough Um, and he yeah friend of the show the first interview on the podcast man he was he was, he was. um so hopefully it's, it's a good thing um we've got Silverstone in two weeks um
2: we also have townsville in two weeks
1: townsville in two weeks i just want to finish on formula one in all the hypotheses that we made last week we not fell one flat came on their, through fell flat on their face um,
2: Every time they'd go through the last corner, I'd be like, hit the wall of champions. Like, someone, someone just come hit it. let's do it. Um, you know you want to.
1: Verstappen looks like he's running away with it. I said yeah. the opposite last week.
2: Didn't I say last week the season was chalk?
1: I don't want to say that yet, but it's... But didn't it's, I say I think, it? I think, I think, I think the, like, the yes. meter is more in your opinion. I think, t- one, more, I think one more race towards, is done. It's more towards your opinion than it is against it. Yeah. Um, and I think the 10 grace the 10-place um, grid penalty for Leclerc was. That'll come for Red Bull, though, so yeah, it'll that,
0: leave that,
2: it now. That's yeah. going to be swings and round. That's going to actually come back. So it's going to be about, and I have no doubt that Max will race back to third or something. Yeah. But it's going to be about if he can get through that midfield cleanly to then maximise his points. But um, that's, going to, that's coming for Red Bull, 100%. Can
1: you see a Max snap coming, like Silverstone no. last year, or well, Imola last year? Monza last year, sorry, was the max snap.
2: That wasn't even a snap. That was strategic. Like we pretend it's a mistake. That was strategic.
0: I don't know. I think he's he knows his car's better than everyone else's at the moment. And he's just...
2: He's got he's no just, pressure. No, that's right. He doesn't look like he's got any pressure. He doesn't... He, yeah, he looks cool as a cucumber.
0: But we know with max, a couple of DNFs or a couple of incidents, that might start to change. Well, just so. a, blown, a blown engine will actually...
2: Mm. Talk, talking talking yeah. about chalked championships. Yeah. I think just gonna mention this, we don't have to go into it. I think Money yeah. G P is done. Oh she's done. I think she's, she's done. done. <laughs> All the bullshit we spoke about the Yamaha being a piece of shit at the start of the year, the Ducatis having a massive fleet. Honda being awesome. That's Honda probably being why back, that's probably that's probably why our KTM looking like they're going up. This is and
1: probably then, why our initial Motor GP correspondent just left halfway through the year. You probably saw the writing on the
2: wall. Suzuki being there, Suzuki leave us. It doesn't matter that the second Yamaha is the fourth last bike in the championship standings. All that matters is that King Quadra is is feeling simpatico with that bike, doesn't fall off, and just rattles off these lap after lap after lap after lap. I picked it, boys. You did. You, you did, did, you know what you did, you did, and you know what H, I think you know more about MotoGP than everyone here, <laughs> you know, and I'm I'm happy to give you the title of MotoGP no. king. No, I can't as, do it. As long as Mickey Bahadur doesn't get that do you title, know what, um, so now you can join was... our shit talking Suzuki club. <laughs> do, you
1: know what, do you know what was crazy? The second best Yamaha was 36 seconds behind quarter. Does that I just show that how good he is?
0: Yeah, I think it does.
2: I it's think honestly it does. like watching markers and um on the Honda again. It doesn't matter how good the bike seems to be with everyone else, as long as that one man can make it work. And and it doesn't, it's not the fastest. Like we know that for sure in terms of a straight line, but he can extract the pace in the corners. He can rattle off consistent Lorenzo kind of like metronomic races, gets to the front, doesn't look back and doesn't make any mistakes.
0: Mm. Like we can't spend too much on it because we're already up. but, that's one thing i've noticed watching moto gp he once he's in front he controls the race and that's
1: bloody yamaha yamaha has the bike for whatever reason the bike works at the front but it doesn't work if it's mired in the back and the problem mm. is i think right now you've got people like Paganaya keeps falling suzuki have just lost their way and obviously marquez is out so realistically there isn't a whole lot of resistance at the front of the field right now to keep uh, Cotteraro back, even you know from first to potentially third, um, and when that resistance isn't there and he's able just to take the first the lead off the first couple of corners, then it's, it's for him. It's just a matter of of consistency. And there's like we talk about there being no pressure for um, Verstappen, there is no pressure on him right now. I mean, Alasia Bargro is extracting everything he can from that Aprilia. That bike and that rider just doesn't have the talent and consistency that Cuadraro has. Um,
0: question, you know. question, Ant. Mm. Are you going to pick a Leash next time? Yeah, I'll keep picking Aprilia. I will. I'll keep picking Aprilia.
2: I'm not, I'm um, not going to bet against Yamaha anymore until they prove me wrong. Yeah. I, I, I cannot believe how...
1: You're not even betting against Yamaha. You're betting against Quarter because Yamaha itself is...
2: I can't believe how poor, like, in terms of consistency, everyone else has been. Like, we've, see, we've seen Bagnaya fall. We've seen him have things happen to him. We've seen, like, Jack not even fall, just can't race. Like, just falls, like, just disappeared he in gets, races. He can't is. pass people. Then we see, like, Marquez goes and has operation, fair enough. I cannot By all accounts, it was a no successful
1: has... operation for Marquez, so that's good yeah, news.
2: I, like it's such a anyway, yeah. yeah. What the... all I want to say is, what the fuck do we know about MotoGP? <laughs> <laughs> well, everything so we part. said, everything we said for three weeks before the season started. Spe- you know, sort of talking shit. Yamaha look like trash. KTM is back. I, we said that KTM is back. Honda's back. We said Yamaha in the dogs, and then. Quarter hour re-signs a two-year deal. He looks like the f- smartest motherfucker on planet Earth.
0: And if you'd like to listen to the rant about that, visit revisit the Michael's Mighty Monologue episode, which was yes. epic. It
1: wasn't, it wasn't even a podcast. It was a bloody. It was like you might as well be talking into a dictaphone. No he yeah, no emphasised the first part of that word. No one else got a chance. Um, I think boys will leave it there tonight. Yeah. Good chance so. I mean, obviously it's interesting because a lot of the championships we're talking about kind of seem like they're um treading water like there isn't a whole lot of um resistance right now so it's good to see in at least australian supercars there was a bit of a fight back from some of our traditional heavyweight teams in the championship um, and we'll have a podcast next week with the TCR racer uh, Michael Clementi which is something a little bit different. We look forward to um, getting a little bit of an insight into his journey into um, the current TCR category and I'm then in a chat for fourth...
2: a little while so it's good time, yeah we have' a,
1: um, And then in a fortnight fortnight's time we'll bring you the latest from both townsville and silverstone so thanks boys thanks everyone have a great night thanks for listening
0: just Please for keep clarification sharing. how
2: much charge you got
0: um 47 22 percent.
2: okay fair enough so yeah. you got about four three hours that in this thing yeah every half charge no worries
1: all right boys thanks mate awesome night Please Thanks, like, and su- have a good one, like, like and subscribe and give us a review. We keep saying it. Chuck us a review, please. All right, guys. Have a good one. Thanks, mate. Thanks, See you, buddy.